Hello, everyone. Good morning. Uh, we're now four days into Adar. Um, this happens to be a special 60-day Adar. There's Adar Aleph, Adar Bet. So we have 60 days of Adar straight. And it's best to be equipped for these very special days. Um, we're going to be reading today about the Mazal of Adar, which is super interesting. And the headline of the first chapter uh, was titled, A World of Silence and Concealment. The Mazal of the month of Adar is Dagim, fish. So we all know that the story of Purim, actually this year it comes out in Adar Bet, but the story of Purim is, um, let's start off with the lottery that Haman conducted. He wanted to see what would be the best time to plan his genocide of the Jews. He wanted to annihilate the Jewish people. He passed Kislev, he passed Heshvan, they all had accompanying merits. Finally, he got up to Adar. It had no accompanying merits. He jumped for joy. He knew that um, Moshe passed away in Adar. He knew that he knew the mazal as well. He said the mazal of the month of Adar is the fish. Fish swallow each other. This this month is perfect. Let let let's set it up. Hashem says to him, wicked man, the Jews are not in your hands. They're in my hand. You're in theirs. Excuse me. Just as a fish swallows on one occasion, and is itself swallowed on another occasion. So he'll ultimately be swallowed by the Jews. So that was just a response to his uh, calculation that he made. Hashem reversed it. The words that they used were it'll be reversed. Okay, so where do the where do the fish come in? Um, so they say that if you have a court date in the month of Av where, where our mazal is not so great, it's a, it's a month where that's governed by Deen. Adar is one I would guess is governed by Rahamim. I didn't read it out, right? So I'm, just, I'm saying I guess. So fish in general are omen for good blessing. So if you have a court date and you need to move it from Av, aim to have it in Adar. Um, so the, the fish are an omen for blessing. Where do we learn this from? We learn it from Ve'yigdu, the, 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 the blessing that Yaakov gave Menashe Nefraim. Ve'yigdu larov mikerev ha'aretz. May they proliferate abundantly like fish within the land. Fish increase in number. They're unaffected by the evil eye, as we'll get into very much. Um, so, um, in Adar, we're full of joy, but Haman's intention was to destroy Israel with slander and tail-bearing. These are all subtle hints on what we're going to get into. All right. The fish and their attributes. The fish were not punished in the Mabul. Um, everything on dry land was was punished and was destroyed, but the fish were not punished. There was no mention of fish. Um, people would respond, but fish live in water. Why would they uh, Why would they be killed in a flood? Because the Midrashim say that the water was piping hot, 1,000 degrees hot. So that's to answer that question. So a few attributes of fish. They're unlike kosher, they're unlike beasts, which um, need to be need to go through ritual slaughter, shechita, they are, they are, they don't need that. And when it's listed in the Torah, which animals are, are permitted to us, they, they list all the beasts by name. But when it comes to the sea creatures, it only says fins and scales, not, not, not listing or naming any fish whatsoever. Okay, keep it in mind. Why does it mention some names? Um, they bring up the, the, the pasuk in Perek Shirah for the fish. The voice of Hashem is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. Hashem is upon vast waters. Okay, what is the significance and how uh, is, is, it, is it selected for the fish? Another thing, every month in its mazal is listed in the singular. The goat, the bucket, the sheep. These are all some other examples of different months. Um, the scales, uh, excuse me, not the scales, the scale, singular. Anyways, the only exception is adar, where it says fish in the plural, dagim. It should have been dag, like all the others. All right, why is it, why is it listed in the plural? Fish is a paradigm for all creation. As a general rule, when something is the first, it serves as its model for all the things that are to follow. They say the, they're just adding a few things. The rabbis say any Jew in need of salvation in regard to bearing children, also that his children should live, thrive, and be impervious to an evil eye, 
will will find this success through consuming fish. So there's a, a lot to to eating fish. Fish allude to life. Um, as explained, fish were the first living beings, and they serve as a model for all living existence. Just as everything that is first in its category serves as a model for all that follows, thus the fish serve as that model. It is an omen for good life. Let's continue. Get ready. Okay, the singular feature that distinguishes fish from virtually any other living creature is what? That it does not produce sound. Silence is the, fish, the fish's distinguishing characteristic. It sets them apart from anything living. We know that man has speech. Animals have sounds. They produce sounds. But fish have none, no communicative voice. Um, so we know now it goes two pages of many beautiful um, uh, verses in, in the Tanakh of why silence is so special. The distinguishing characteristic of the fish, why it's so special. We hear in Mishlei 17.28, um, even a stupid person who is silent is considered to be wise. Um, Shalomo also said, whoever guards his mouth and tongue protects himself from trouble. It said, and the Midrash adds on that pasuk, man's life and death are only, they use the word only, there are no superfluous words, is only determined by his tongue. You want to live? Watch what you say. Sages add more advantages. There, there's a Mishnah in Pirkei Avot, it says here, 317, the, the Mishnah of all the protective fences. You want to guard your wisdom? Silence is a protective guard for wisdom. Uh, Rabban Shimon de Men Gamliel says, All my days I grew up among wise, wise men, and I found nothing better for a person than silence. To which Rashi adds, I even found silence was lovely among wise men for how they conducted themselves. Okay, I don't need to get every single one. It's one of the best cures is silence in the heat of an argument. The best thing to do is keep quiet. Um, they say if, if, a, if a word is worth a coin, silence is worth two. The value of silence is, is we, we can't comprehend how, how important, how great it is. The point is, taking into account, we need to understand this. A person is a physical being. And speaking is a physically based power, all right? Speech is a physical attribute, because what? Speech stems from thought. Thought is spiritual. It's, um, it's, not, uh, it's subject to change. But once words are spoken, they're unchanging. They, they can't be retracted. And let's read from the text. Um, and, and, and when we're in uh, verbal activity, we're, we're negating our mental resources. If we're speaking, we can't think, you know? There's a, there's a secular saying, if we, when we speak, we're only repeating what we already say. But if we listen, we might learn something new. If when we speak, we're only repeating what we already know. But if we listen, we might learn something new. We're going to get through a whole bunch of those that are from the book, also all great ones. So hear this. In the final analysis, very, very beautifully written, speech represents a fixed format, impo imposing a limited, permanent status on the intent of the neshama. Intent of the neshama, it's a little deeper, and we're, uh, I'm not going to expound so much on that. But it's, it's uh, therefore, Marhal says it would be desirable to be as silent as possible, for as long as this thought has not undergone outward expression, it remains in the category of abstract thought and can still be molded in accordance with the man's wish. However, after the thought has evolved from potential to a fixed reality, undergoing conversion to limited, defined speech, its status is unchangeable and irreversible. How many times have we heard, I wish I had not said that, or that's not what I meant to say? We will spare ourselves from this trouble by keeping silent. The sages went further to praise silence, saying, what is man's assigned profession in this world? This is going to shock some. To make himself as though he were a mute. Now, I translated this because they didn't really give... Uh, okay, let's see what they gave. That is to say that acting as though one is mute is an assignment involving skills that call for training. So to know how to make use of it, when, how, and to what degree, how much. Okay, beautiful. As though he were a mute, though, is the extreme. And I want to focus on the extreme and just talk about that for one second. As though he were a mute. So how I interpreted that was, imagine a person who's, who's, who walks in Hashem's ways. Everyone knows his MO. He knows how he's going to act. He doesn't have to say to be, like, be quiet. Be like, everyone knows his actions. There's no actions. Speak loud in the words. It's just actions. He's super selective with his words. His, he was consistent all his life. He was never changing in his ways. Everyone knows his, his MO. Okay, and the sages were also adamant in the praise of silence and their anticipation of its reward. We all know that Yaakov sought to marry Rachel and he sent her gifts. Lavan redirected them to Leah. Leah, we, Rachel did not, did not uh, tell Yaakov that this was happening and she swallowed it, she bit the bullet and Leah ended up marrying Yaakov. 
this silence, you think it was easy for her? There, there are opinions that say, and this is very serious because it's an audacious thing I'm saying, but they say that the merit of Rachel not opening her mouth and saving her sister from public embarrassment has greater, is a greater source of merits than Yaakov and Yitzhak on the Akedah. So just uh, Yitzhak and Abraham on, on the Akedah. So just keep that in mind. It, it's, we'll get to it, and, you'll under, and I'll remind you in a, in a little bit why it's so strong and so great. Okay, we're only getting very, we're getting, it's, it's the most amazing chapter, bear with me. Okay, so, so as a reward, Hashem said, blessed be he, said to her, you remain silent by your life, Yanni, I swear, in reward for that silence, I remember you for good. And Hashem remembered Rahel, and she gave birth to Yosef, Yosef had two other tribes, Menashe and Ephraim. There are many aphorisms regarding the benefits of silence. Here are some of them. Guard your tongue as you gather in your money. Um, I had, we had two interpretations of this, we actually reviewed this with family and friends. So one, and I think the, the correct definition is, is each word is priceless. It could be priceless. It could be, uh, if, it's a, if it's a bad word, it's, um, it's, it's costly, it's expensive, it's, it's, not, it's not smart. If it's, a, if it's a word of kindness, it's priceless in its reward. So think of words as currency. Now I gathered it another way. I once heard in a, in a, in a class or, a, or something from a rabbi, we, 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 when we are into something and we obsess over things, we, we, we sabotage the things, the blessings that are coming to us. When we're, we're excited about something, we think about it, we speak about it, we, sh- we, we bl- blabber about it, and we destroy the pipeline of blessing when we obsess and we overthink about things that we want and things that matter to us. Best thing to do, this is why I interpreted this one, guard your tongue as you gather in your money. Shake it. Just don't talk about it. Pray and let it happen. Don't, don't intervene too much. Don't obsess too much. Okay, that was just a nice... Nice. Uh, when minds get together, they say there are 70 faces to Torah. Everyone can inter- interpret things a little bit differently. Um, another one. When I speak, I come to regret it. But when I don't speak, I have no regret. Before I speak, I'm in charge and I rule over my words. But once the words leave my mouth, the words rule over me. Is that so powerful? The Kotzka Rebbe, silence, the most beautiful of all sounds. It's a deafening sound. That, that word uh, came up a few times this year. Deafening. The people who didn't... Uh, didn't uh, weren't uh, outspoken about Hamas's atrocities. Their silence was deafening. Whatever, it's just an example of how, what that word means. In one's youth, one learns to speak. In one's el- elderly years, to, to keep silent. Um, you know, so that, that is saying, when, when a person is older, he's more credible. You're supposed to speak, but they don't. And the, the young, they, the youths, they blabber, they talk nonsense. We learn how to speak before we learn how to keep quiet. It's just, it's, it's ironic, and, and it's just the way it is. Um, Hashem created us with two ears and one tongue so that we listen twice as much as we talk. For every moment that a person seals his mouth, he merits hidden light that is beyond the reach of human or angelic conjecture that we can't even understand. If we shut our mouth, we'll, and I'll explain it to you shortly. We're getting up to it. You ready? Hang on tight. Fasten your seatbelts. Okay. There's great value of silence. We can appreciate, in light of the great value of silence, we can appreciate the reason be- behind the choice of fish as the first living creature to be created as the model for all creation, possessing a prime example for all that followed. It is the nature of the fish that do not possess the power of making sounds that produce speech, the trait of silence. And, and, and this is honestly a shortcoming at face value, uh, but we'll get to that too. Uh, we can learn from the first, there, and we should contemplate. If Hashem chose this as a model for creation, we should contemplate what are their features, what should we learn from the fish, demonstrating how the Creator wanted others to emulate this initial creature. Basically, silence. From the fish's characteristic of being voiceless, we can even learn a more profound lesson. This is epic. The more an item approaches perfection, the more obvious are shortcomings. This is a fundamental principle, right? So how do I explain this? The more flawless something is, if, if something happens, an accident happens, and it gets chipped, the, 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 that flaw sticks out. It's so obvious. It's blatant. It's outright right in your face. And, uh, and I remember um, back a little while ago when there was a safe event, Rabbi Yadid spoke, and he gave an example. Um, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. He says, 
if I were to ever curse, it's just not something I do, but if I were to ever curse, it would it would be substantial. Even if I said a, like a minor, it would be something that would that would make jaws drop because it's not what I do. It's not what it's, what it, what is me. So that's just an example. Um, when someone is a certain way, like Rabbi, what I was trying to say there is Rabbi Adid is more perfect than me, for example. And if I were to curse, it wouldn't be as big of a deal as if Rabbi Adid cursed. So that's that's what that sentence, that principle is saying. The more an item approaches perfection, the more obvious are shortcomings. Okay, let's continue. Since fish are far removed from perfection. Uh, with a, within the range of creation. Okay, so what this is saying is since fish, they, their ceiling is capped. There's no fish that's going to be a Gadol Hador. You know, no fish is going to be Moshe Rabbeinu. And since they're further removed from perfection, oh, excuse me, uh, that's a different point, but there's no fish that's going to be a Gadol Hador. Hold on to that. So because of this, they, they don't have the power of speech, which, which makes them uh, potential to be great. Therefore, we said earlier, speech could have very damaging effects. But because they don't have this, they're, they're spared from things that could stem from the potential, the potential greatness. With potential greatness, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. They don't have great power, so they don't have much responsibility, right? Let's continue. Um, there are more very good points that we're going to learn here. Uh, other ways, fish, okay, we, so we mentioned the shechita. Um, okay, it's clear then that fish are more lacking than other creatures. First, they don't require shekita, which is designed to bring others to a state of perfection. So shekita brings earthly animals to perfection by removing its, they say the shekita is to remove the earthly defilement on the living creature. Water is a pure source, so fish are, they, they, they don't need that shekita. Anyways, they lack the power of, Okay, for the reason, during Mabul, okay, so we can understand why during the Mabul, mankind was the first to suffer, followed by the creatures, where fish were not even mentioned, they were spared, because when there's no potential, there is no reproof. There is no, there is no punishment. If there is no potential, I don't need to straighten his ways. He's never going to, you know, it's in basically what it is. And some fish were not punished in our because they lack a voice. Only creatures with some power, some power, some potential of communication were punished because their comparative level of accomplishment brought them to sin. Fish had no such potential, so earned no punishment. In the case of the fish, then, their distinguishing characteristics, silence, which flows from a shortcoming. By contrast, human beings who Hashem graced with the power of speech can elevate themselves through silence. So now let's make an equation. Um, fish, silence, uh, okay, it, it came to me earlier, it's not with me right now, let's continue. Uh, so a person who exercises ability, very selective, very productive, every word that, that comes out of his mouth and employs and restrain, uh, he knows how to employ and restrain himself in silence is an exalted person, someone kadosh, which is the next part, if I get it out. Uh, the corresponding letter to this month is the, is the kuf. We'll get to that, and the kuf stands for kadosh, uh, but also something else, it's a whole class worth. Okay, next chapter, the world of concealment, the world of the fish. We mentioned that fish are, are, are below water and, and hidden from the human eye. So they're uh, impervious to ayin hara. All right? They say, Talmud Yerushalmi says in, in, in uh, Masechet Shabbat, or in, excuse me, in Shabbat 14.3, 99 of 100 die from the evil eye. It's not to say on the spot, but this is to say if he was going to live to to 100 and he had a bad case of iron when he was 20 years old, that took a year off. And when he was 42, this thing got, got iron, took another year and a half off. But his days are shortened and death comes to a person from iron, 99%. But one and one from heavenly incursion where it's from Hashem's hand, in other words. Waters of the sea cover the fish, conceal them from human vision, protect them from evil eye. When they say evil eye and the and the, and the, and the shechting, and, excuse me, when they say evil eye, it's... Eyes have no effect on fish um, because they're underwater and protected from the evil eye of the 70 nations. This is the point I wanted to say. From the 70 nations, the goyim. Um, Shehita, they say, is, is required because it, it overrules the 70 nations. It, it, basically, you're cutting off the defilement of, of, of the sight that was given, the ayin that was given. Okay, that's, the, that's how I can interpret it. 
Obviously, the message here is profound and cryptic. Um, okay, so we said, that she, okay, and water is a pure source. Shechitah is required to remove earthly defilement found in living creatures and water, which has a pure, is a pure source. Fish don't need it. Okay, so let's, let's answer the question, the early question, why the Torah does not mention the fish by name is because they are concealed from the human eye. And what I, and the calculation I made here is, you don't need identification if you're not being identified. What's the purpose of handing someone your ID? They need your information, need to take it down. But there is no, no need for an ID if you're not being identified. So that's why they don't have any names in the Torah. It's only fins and scales, general. All right? I hope that helped. Now, redemption of Purim, the mazal of the fish, revelation of divine guidance, hidden and concealed. That's, this is the next part. Don't worry, I know I said that fast. Okay? Just as the distinctive feature of the fish, the mazal of Hadar, is concealment from visual detection. This is their other. The silence and the concealment are the two fish's main characteristics. So too is Hashem's mode of conduct, concealed from human detection. So, uh, and so too, understand, Hashem, we, we don't see how Hashem runs the world. The divine light is undetected and it functions in lofty regions, bring, bringing salvation. Okay? The es- um, it says, from where do we find reference to Esther in the Torah? From the passage, And I will surely conceal my countenance. I won't show myself. It won't be obvious. The Puri miracle was a hidden miracle. It was wrapped in, the, it was wrapped in natural occurrences. The essence of a miracle, miracle is wrapped up, hidden, undetectable. In, uh, this is a, 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 a hidden miracle. There's open miracles like Exodus, which we know that's revealing, no question about it. In fact, the name of Hashem is not even openly mentioned in, in Megillat Esther, only indirectly with the word Hamelech. Every time we read Hamelech, it's really referring to not a Hasharosh, but the king of the world. Okay? The events surrounding Purim were a miracle within nature. Hashem watches over Israel not only through open miracles, as we saw in Egypt, but also through hidden miracles that appear to be natural occurrences. In fact, they're all one and the same. Okay? We know the, the, the fish, okay? So everything is a miracle. That's why they were saying why the song of Perek Shida was fitting for the fish, because they see it. They know that they're, they're swimming where people can't. Um, um, the voice of Hashem, okay? That they're privileged. In their eyes, they're privileged. Anyways, the, another miracle. The oceans don't overflow and inundate the dry lands. We think it just happens, natural phenomenon. But why? It rains every day. Why is the earth not flooded? This is all something we should think about. Hashem is, is running his miraculous nature's miraculous course every single day the events of the month of Adar are concealed like the characteristics of the fish Haman's error was in line with the nature of the fish he, he chose the, Jew, the, 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 the month for annihilating the Jews in Adar he knew that Moshe died but he did not know that it was also the month that he was born <coughs> the fact that Moshe died in Adar is connected with the concealment because we don't know where he's buried no person knows where he's buried till this very day thus we find that the events that took place during Adar are matters of secrecy and concealment in keeping with the attribute of the fish the concealment from all eyes Purim is not established as a festival in which labor is forbidden, but only a day of feasting and celebration. The joy is wrapped in a non-sacred setting, precisely like the joy that surrounded the receiving of the oral law, the Torah Shabbat Al-Peh. This, the Jews, when they got the Torah Har Sinai, there was a mountain over their heads, there was coercion. Hashem said, I mean, there's, there's multiple opinions, but they, were, they, they needed to accept the Torah. It's do this or die. And after the Purim miracle, they, 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 they now viewed the, the oral, they only accepted the, the written Torah in that time when they were coerced. I called it coerced. I don't know if, if that's the right word. But now after the Purim miracle, they realized that it was all for their benefit. It's like, it's like the, the written Torah is the steak and the oral Torah is the seasoning. It's all for our benefit. It's, it's never ending. The, poten- the opportunities are limitless. They took it willingly and, and this, is a, this is a big celebration. They also say, they're not reading this chapter, but I remember reading it. After Mashiach redeems us, the only holidays that are going to exist is Purim and Yom Kippur. Purim and Yom Kippur, they have the same shoresh, uh, the significance, I'm not sure, I don't recall, but for that reason, when I read that last year, I made sure to to uh, purchase a Megillah, because my Megillah on cloth is an eternal purchase. This is, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, that comes with me to the grave. You know how they say you can't bring anything to the grave? My Megillah is coming with me. I should live long life. Uh, now, one can appreciate how 
from one perspective, there's no obvious merit in this month. We, we, that's what we said earlier, which, Haman, which is why Haman erred in choosing the month. Yet we know that it's a time where the mazal is extremely robust. On the surface, it seemed that we lack merit. However, the merit is bountiful. The mazal is hale and hearty, specifically in this month, as the light of divine oversight and direction shine through the darkness and concealment. And in closing, the salvation of Purim was achieved through silence. Okay? This is cited in regard with Esther. Esther did not relate her lineage. Her silence in Ahasuerus' home was the contributing element, the catalyst for the Purim salvation, through her concealment, because she concealed her origin, as, as Mordechai told her to. It's because the Jewish people would come to rely on the fact that we have, a, we have our sister in, uh, in the king's, in the, in the White House, you know? Rather, well, she'll save us, we don't need Hashem. But the fact that Moshe had uh, Mordechai made her keep, conceal her identity, it caused them to rely on the true king, not, the, not Ahasuerus. In contrast, with the positive force of science, with Adar, voices, okay, connecting all the dots, I think we understand it. Haman sought to destroy us with the, 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 the gossip, the tail-bearing, the false report. Basically, Haman wanted our, the immorality, the contributing sin of the Jews to be those things, the tattletaling, the, the slandering. But in, in opposite, it, it was actually the month of silence. He didn't know that. It was the perfect remedy for his, the perfect uh, defense for his curse, for his plane. Um, and in, and, in, and in conclusion, we can appreciate the appropriateness of the song of the fish. We said earlier, the voice of Hashem is upon the waters, the God of glory thunders, Hashem is upon vast waters. This is saying, silence is the most penetrating, overpowering outcry. It, it takes effort to, to guard your tongue, to not speak when we want to speak, when we're insulted. But the, the equation I wanted to give earlier, I didn't give it because I only had one half of it. But you want to speak, you don't speak, it's, it equals reward. I hate, to, I, I hate to say it so outright. When our nature is to speak and respond and retaliate, and we don't, when we go against the grain and we follow Hashem's law, when we subdue our will for His will, He subdues other people's will for, for our will. He makes sure that our wills become the same. Our will and Hashem's will become one and the blessing just, it, it, it starts and it doesn't end. So Bezrat Hashem, we should all learn this beautiful quality of, of silence, of, of selective speaking, of guarding our tongue, of, of being cautious in all that we do, especially me. I tend to be impulsive, it's funny because the Uben, the blessing Yaakov gave the Uben is, now it wasn't really a blessing actually, it was a curse. He basically told him, you're like the waters of the sea, you're impulsive. So it's in my name. My name is the Uben too. I, I'm going to take this one to heart and I'm, I hope to grow and learn continuously. Ad 120. Thank you all for listening. Happy Rosh Hodesh. We have 56 more days of Simcha. It's, an, it's, a, it's a commandment to be happy during these months. You don't have to look too far. You have to appreciate your health. You have to appreciate everything you have, every blessing you have. If you have a fully functioning body, you are wealthy and never forget it. Happy, happy Purim Rosh Hodesh and wishing you only good things. Thank you.